to Fort McMurray Matters. Keeping you connected to our community. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. Welcome to the show. I'm Sean Kreitz. I'm joined over the phone here with Thomas Ganley. Thomas, thank you so much for joining the program today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, Thomas, so you are involved with a satellite and from my understanding, it has some Fort McMurray relations to that. Before we get to it, I just want to know a little bit about your background. Are you are you currently a student at the U of A right now? Yeah, I am. I'm currently a, an undergraduate student in engineering, as are, as are many of my peers in, in science and engineering. We're all mostly undergraduate students, and we're part of a group called AlbertaSat at the university. Very cool. What, did, what exactly is AlbertaSat? Uh, so fundamentally, it's a, it's a student group. Uh, we've been around for almost a decade at this point, um, and, and our mission is, is to build small satellites um, and, and to advance Alberta's space industry and Canada's space industry more broadly. So we, we do that by building these, these things called CubeSats, and they are a, a type of really small satellite. So they're about 10 by 10 by 10, or sorry, 10 by 10 by 30 centimeters in size. So if you think about how big that is, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that you can fit so much into a, into such a small package. Um, but they're, they're really great for these kinds of student missions and for, you know, getting that introduction to the space industry that uh, could be really useful in your career. So um, that, that's what Alberta is all about. And, and we've got, you know, uh, kind of close to 80 students, sometimes 100 students that, that are involved in our various missions. But, yeah, it, it's, it's, a, it's a really fun initiative, and a lot of students have, have learned a lot. Um, working on these projects, so we're we're yeah we're we're super excited because um, our, our current mission launched recently and, and was deployed into space today. In fact, yeah. So tell us about it. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it X Alta two? It is. So so we had a first satellite that launched in 2017 called X Alta one, um, and and it was a primarily space weather monitoring satellite. So if you think about things like solar flares. Um, and, and the high energy particles and magnetic disturbances that that creates. Um, we are kind of studying that stuff in Earth's ionosphere. And then the, the current mission is called X-Delta-2, naturally, uh, and it, it is a wildfire imaging mission. So we have a custom camera on board that's entirely student-built uh, and tested and integrated into the spacecraft, um, and, and we'll be imaging, uh, hopefully, uh, you know, areas of wildfire activity. And then, from my understanding, it was kind of initially, was it kind of thought of from the 2016 Fort McMurray wildfires? And uh, is there a story behind that, just kind of seeing what was happening? It is. So, so that is the connection. Um, was right around the time of Exalta 1, we were thinking about what we wanted to do with our next mission. Uh, and naturally, the, the team wanted to do something that could be of benefit to Albertans. And, and we felt that... Uh, you know, something that, that could really be helpful and, and relevant in the future as well uh, was, you know, data gathering and, and some science surrounding wildfire, you know, propagation and the, the effects of it. Um, so, so that's what we ultimately decided, and, and it's been great to have that, you know, motivator behind the mission, um, keeping the students engaged and, and uh, working towards uh, a working satellite. How long have you been a part of the uh, AlbertaSat program? I joined in first year, so that was in, in 2018, um, so so right close to the start of the mission, close to the very start, mm -hmm. um, and, and I've had a couple of roles, but uh, I, I worked for a while on our website, that was kind of like the first task that I took <laughs> on, was uh, the 
reviving that a bit. And then uh, once I started getting my hands dirty and some of the more technical work, I worked a lot on our software that's flying on board the satellite. And then I did a lot of uh, kind of systems integration with the various electronics that are on the satellite and making sure that they're all cooperating and working as expected. Um, and then, so for the last two years, since 2021, um, at the height of the pandemic, I've, I've taken over as a uh, project manager. So um, I, I kind of get to, to oversee and, and worry about uh, everything in the mission, which, uh, which has been a fantastic experience for me. Uh, I'm really, you know, fortunate to have had that opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had I've had a variety of roles and some fantastic training experiences. Very cool. Yeah, you, they had to trust you with the website first, and then you could do some satellite stuff, eh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's, that's kind of how it works uh, around here. You, you start off with something small to, to you know prove that you're willing to commit to this project and, and spend a bunch of time, um, and, and then gradually your role grows and grows, and, and then you're you're doing lots of cool stuff all of a sudden. And so. Um, when the idea is first thought of, even before you got there, how is the torch passed on from one group to another? How, like, when do you have stuff that you then have to pass on as well? Is it hard to let go? Like, yeah, that, that's like one of our biggest challenges, actually, is because these are these are you know tend to be complex technology development projects that uh, are are difficult to transition from one group of students to the next, and so we have students every year. You know that have been with the mission for um, you know the last few semesters, and, and you know they've developed some experience and some knowledge, and, and they're reliable. Uh, but then all of a sudden they graduate, and uh, you know we lose them for the most part. Many stick around as advisors, but uh, in terms of hands-on work, yeah, we're, we're continuously having to pass the torch and have new people working on uh, the same stuff and, and learning things that, that we had already learned, but uh, such is the nature of our group, and uh, it's one of our objectives to, you know, make it accessible to students, and so, you know, that, that training is an important part of it, but uh, from a technology standpoint, it is, you know, it's quite a, quite a challenge to, uh, yeah, to, to, as you say, mm-hmm. uh, have the knowledge pass from one group of students to the next, um, and so we try to kind of overlap our missions a little bit, so, it was, it was right as the Exalta 1 mission was entering its operations phase that we started thinking about Exalta 2 and getting into the mission planning for that. Uh, and so right now, as, as we're entering operations for uh, Exalta 2, we're actually thinking about what we might do for Exalta 3 oh, wow. uh, and, and what that would look like. Yeah, and just uh, with Exalta 2, um, so you're saying that launched this morning, Monday, uh, April 24th. Uh, how, how do you go about getting something like that into orbit? Yeah, so the, the way it works is we, we hitch a ride on a resupply mission to the International Space Station. So that actually happened in uh, March, in mid-March. Um, the rocket took off from Florida. Um, and uh, took our satellites to the International Space Station. And then what happened this morning is they, they had to get uh, deployed or, or released uh, from the International Space Station. So there's a special system that will um, load the CubeSats in and then it gets uh, a gentle push into orbit, basically. And so that is what happened this morning. And so now our, our satellites are, are totally on their own uh, and, and you know having to do their own thing. Uh, with uh, in, in outer space, um, yeah. but even be- even before the rocket launches, actually, uh, we went to the Canadian Space Agency, 
um, which is which is the, the, the sponsor of this mission and the main funder. Um, they they have an initiative called the Canadian CubeSat project, which started uh, a few years ago, and so that's that's what Exalted Two is part of. It's, it's a member of the Canadian CubeSat project, um, and so we went to the Canadian Space Agency in uh, December, uh, and we brought the satellites to them and we prepared them for launch, and then they from there would travel to the United States and then get loaded onto the rocket in Florida, and, and so that's what happened in March. And then, uh, yes, just, just this morning, they, they, they were released from the space station. Thomas Ganley over the phone with us today. He's a student at the University of Alberta, and he's launching satellites into the sky. We're just going to take our first break, and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back. Thomas Ganley over the phone. He's a student at the University of Alberta. He's with Alberta Sat. He was part of the team that put X-Alta 2 into the sky. What was it like seeing your work go up into space and see it all come to... Is, has it come to fruition? Is there still more to be done? What's it like? What's that feeling like? Well, so I mean, it's incredibly rewarding, right? First of all, um, also quite scary to think about, uh, you know, things you would have done differently, and the fact that there's there's no way to fix things at this point, right? <laughs> um, so, so no maintenance can be done. Um, all, all we can do is, is trust that, you know, the work that we put in over the last five years uh, is enough to to produce a, a working spacecraft and um, to to achieve our mission of. Uh, uh, you know, studying wildfires. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, just just to think about the fact that you know there, there's something that you worked on, uh, and, and there's you know probably uh, a bit of your DNA even on somewhere on the satellite. You know, that's now in space. Uh, it, it's pretty exciting. It's, it's something that you you wouldn't have imagined as a student even just you know five or ten years ago um, being possible during your your study. You know, to to have had this kind of opportunity. Yeah, that's super cool. Is there like a way to communicate with it now? What happens now that it's been deployed? So we have a ground station, like a radio station, um, on in our engineering buildings uh, on one of the roofs, and uh, we will be over the next you know few days here, and, and even this morning, um, trying to establish contact with it. Um, so the satellite will output a periodic uh, transmission which is basically just a, you know, like an I'm here broadcast. Um, so we have an allocated frequency that we will be listening for the satellite uh, and, and trying to, um, you know, get some basic data about it, about how it's doing, you know, things like what's its battery voltage, how much current are the solar panels outputting, um, you know, is, is the main computer doing all right? Um, did everything deploy? So there's a couple of... Uh, pieces on the satellite that are initially stowed when it gets uh, shot out of the space station. And then they, they have little mechanisms that will uh, allow things like the antennas uh, that are on the satellite. Um, and we have actually some, some foldable solar panels as well. So those need to deploy. Uh, and so we'll be, we'll be looking and trying to see if that worked. Um, but, but yeah, in, in general, just over the next few days here, really hoping to, to see some, some, uh, some news from the spacecraft. Nice. And will, is that when it'll become like operational and start looking for wildfires or will it take a while to gather that data type of thing? 
There's, so there's a decent number of things that have to happen in our launch and early operations procedures. That's what we call them. Um, and that, that can consist of a, a number of things in terms of, you know, testing our systems and making sure that they're all doing okay before we, you know, try and actually put them to work. Uh, and then there's also the fact that the, the, the satellite, when it gets deployed, it has some, like, initial spin rate that, that it's moving at. And we want to stabilize that, right, so that we can take a stable image because we want to be, we want the satellite to be um, oriented towards Earth at all times. Mm. So there's actually a long phase here that, that you know, will last probably uh, at least two weeks, um, probably up to a month, where we will be trying to stabilize the spacecraft and have it, you know, be constantly pointing down at the Earth um, so that we're not, you know, imaging out into space because <laughs> that's not what we're trying to do. Yeah. Uh, how, so is there a timeline on how long it's going to be operational in space for? Mm-hmm. So it, it's, it's like a naturally degrading orbit um, that it gets put into. So uh, it, it'll be up there for about a year, um, we expect. Uh, and we'll be doing simulations, you know, to, to try and determine exactly when that might be. But uh, it, uh, it starts out at about 415 kilometers, um, which, is, which is about where the International Space Station is. And then it gradually will, will fall back down to Earth uh, and will fall into the atmosphere and uh, burn up completely because it, it's small enough and, you know, there's no heat shield or anything. So it does just naturally um, fall apart in the atmosphere. And is it all is it all Alberta Stat just grabbing uh, the info, or have um, how I guess how much are you involved in the project after the deployment? Are you paired up with now the Canadian Space Agency, or does it all fall on you? So most of the, yeah, the, the Canadian Space Agency supports in terms of uh, you know advice and uh, you know mission administration uh, and, and the funding, of course, but. Uh, most of it is, is left up to the students in terms of the technical work. So it is all on AlbertaSat to um, over the next few uh, months and in the next year here to do the operations and to get our data and to diagnose issues and to resolve anomalies that come up. Um, and the, the data that we receive in the end, we will be making totally you know, open source public. We'll be doing some of our own analysis. Uh, we're hoping that, that you know some some folks in Alberta or maybe outside could make use of the data, um, you know, in some of their wildfire research. But uh, yeah, ultimately we'll we'll produce a, a data product that uh, will, will be you know totally shared um, and uh, hopefully of public use. Yeah, and and just transitioning more into the Alberta SAP program. Uh, how do how do students get involved from this from the get go? Is it just a general interest, or how does that all work? Yeah, so so we we we've established ourselves hopefully as the lowest barrier to entry to to this kind of space science stuff and satellite design. Um, so you know, anyone in university um, doesn't have to be at the U of A. Even we've we've had students from McEwen University, or or even you know we've. We've got, um, you know, a couple of our students are in, in master's programs elsewhere and, and stuff like that. Right? So, um, you know, just just a university student or with, with interest in in space science and technology that's uh, you know willing and eager to contribute to this project on a on a volunteer basis. Like, uh, you know, we're happy to have anyone that uh, that meets that um, because yeah, like the more the merrier, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's tremendous opportunity. 
community here and we want to share the wealth um, in, in, in this area um, that we're in. Uh, and so like if, if we've, we've, we've got a simple application form on our website that, uh, that anyone can fill out. And so we, we get a lot of first year engineering students and science students that uh, think they might be interested in, in space science and technology and, and perhaps a career in the Canadian space industry. And, and so that's what, that's what we're hoping to see. Uh, was there any major lessons passed down from the first one to the second one that uh, you made sure of? Yeah, yeah, there, there sure were, um, <laughs> particularly in terms of, uh, you know, challenges surrounding the actual final assembly of the satellite, because there are a lot of components that have to work together, uh, even even in the small form factor. It's, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of computers working together. Uh, it's, it's a, it's, there's a lot of mechanical design. There's also lots of electrical design and software design. So um, I think just an appreciation fundamentally of the, the, the challenge of this um, undertaking, but also the fact that it's possible to be done by undergraduate students um, was something that, that was really important to take away from the first mission. Um, and then also, you know, on the operations side, um, things about, you know, streamlining, say, the, the fact that the satellite orbits around the Earth every 90 minutes means that we sometimes get passes in the middle of the night um, and, and things like that. And so Edmonton, uh, where we're located, we'll, we'll get about, um, you know, typically about four 10-minute uh, passes every day. Um, and those will be in, in a sequence that are spaced 90 minutes apart. So sometimes that sequence will happen in the middle of the night. And so we want to actually, you know, automate um, some of the commands that we're going to be sending to the satellite and some of the file downloading that we're hoping to do so that, uh, you know, not, not as many people have to be up uh, in, in the early hours <laughs> trying to make contact and do this stuff because that was something that we encountered during the operations of the first mission that was really challenging was just scheduling. And, you know, we're all students and so we've got exams and we've got, you know, homework assignments, and it's, it's tough to be waking up in the middle of the night. So, so that's, you know, one example of something, um, the automation of passes, um, as we call it, that uh, that was a big takeaway of the first mission, and we're hoping to do better this time. Is there any place, uh, like, the public can kind of follow along with the satellite, or is it really of much concern that way? Absolutely. Uh, so so our website is just albertasat.ca. Um and then we are on uh, all the social media platforms, so Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, um, and LinkedIn, uh, actually. So uh, anyone, anyone can follow us there. We provide uh, updates on uh, the things that AlbertaSat is doing, including, you know, XAlpha 2 uh, and its status, hopefully. So, uh, yeah, follow along there. Um, it, it should be an exciting next few months here. Uh, and, and, you know, before long, we'll be into the next thing and, and there'll be more satellites to come and more students and, and more, you know, exciting uh, Alberta-based, Alberta you know, space science. Thomas Scanley on the phone with us here. He's part of Alberta Sat. He's a university student at the, the U of A down in Edmonton. And we're just going to take our second break and we'll be right back. We're back to Fort McMurray Matters. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix 103.7. And we're back. Thomas Ganley on the phone. He's a part of Alberta Sat. They launched X-Alta 2 up into the sky, inspired by the Fort McMurray wildfires. You're a university student uh, down at the U of A. 
And then just, uh, I want to touch on both sides of the spectrum here of like fears and hopes of the project. We'll start with uh, fears first. Do you have a, a biggest fear with the project? Yeah, like, like the, 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 the biggest fear, frankly, is, is just um, that, that, you know, we, we hear very little from the satellite over the next year. Um, like there's there's any there's any number of things that that could go wrong, um, particularly in the sequence that is just executed today, uh, and and so you know a, a number of these satellites actually uh, you know never phone home, and that's just the reality of it because space is really harsh and, and it's tough to get a thing uh, working up there and, and communicating with it reliably. So these 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 missions face you know issues surrounding communications all the time. Um, and, and uh, you know, lots, lots of people have put lots of hours into this mission, and so, so I, I, I'm really, really hoping uh, that we can see our work, um, you know, uh, properly, uh, you know, reflected in, in a working satellite in orbit, uh, and, and so hopefully we get lots of, you know, regular contact with it uh, in, in the next few months. Uh, but then, you know, that's one of the things we're trying to troubleshoot today is, is you know, how's the satellite doing? We don't know yet. We haven't <laughs> heard back from it. And, and so that's really tough to deal with. Yeah. And then, and then just on the other side, what about the greatest hope when you, when you're putting this thing together, what's like best scenario, best outcome? You know, e even getting that, that first image, uh, I think will be, will be tremendously exciting for the team. Like, um, I, I know it doesn't sound like much perhaps, um, but the, the fact that, that we could, you know, we have the capacity to take an image in space and get it down to earth um, as, as a student group at university uh, is, is, you know, incredibly exciting and it would be so, so rewarding. So if, if there were anything that, that I would wish for um, in the next month or two here, it would, it would be to get that first image. <laughs> No, that's uh, it's pretty incredible what y'all are doing. So, um, wish y'all all the best. What about uh, you're kind of mentioning um, what's next for Alberta Set with already China? Talk about plans for X Alta Three. Can you share any of that? Is it confidential? Yeah, I can. I can share a little bit. So um, we we want to build on our imaging uh, expertise that we've developed through this mission. Uh, and so we're, we're actually interested in uh, doing kind of snow and ice, um, you know, extent measurements. So like measuring the snow coverage in northern Canada uh, and tracking how that changes over a year, um, hopefully to, to draw some conclusions about, you know, the impact of climate change on Canada's northern areas. Um, so that, that's something that we're really interested in. Um, and and you know, hopefully, hopefully that could that can come together over the next two years. Here, um, we've got we've got an upcoming mission. Um, sorry, we've we've uh, at this point um, started a, a mission uh, as part of the Cubix project this time from the Canadian Space Agency. So similar from similar to the Canadian CubeSat project that XLP2 is part of. Um, there's another initiative called Cubix, and so um, we we applied to that, and we're hoping. Um, that, uh, that that might see Exalta 3 uh, or, or some other yet-to-be-named satellite come, come to fruition. Yeah, no, it's incredible work. It's just uh, inspiring to hear all of this uh, come from you. We have a lot of um, 
science programs within our high schools up here in Fort McMurray. And we even have uh, some students right now heading off to Dallas, Texas for robotics and the world championships down there with VEX. Uh, any advice for someone who wants to maybe get uh, go further with uh, the robotics education, including maybe a space program? Hmm. You know what? Uh, my, my, the, the, main, the main thing that I would stress is that this is happening in Alberta. Like, you're, you're not far away from the action. Um, there's, there's fascinating and really exciting work being done in Alberta. Um, and, and if you go to university, if you pursue any kind of, you know, higher studies, um, I, I think you're going to find something that you're really interested in. Um, and, and that was my experience coming to university. You know, I wasn't sure that I would be interested in space science. Um, I just kind of joined Alberta Sat initially because it sounded, you know, kind of cool. And Exalta One had been launched recently. Um, but I've ended up developing a real passion for it. Uh, and I've been uh, incredibly fortunate. Thomas, I appreciate you a ton for taking the time today and just uh, raising awareness on the on the whole Alberta Sat and the satellites y'all have, and uh, just educating us on on what y'all do over there. Uh, anything else you want to get out there? Uh, yeah, maybe, maybe one more thing actually. So um, we, we're actually uh, part of a, a, a partnership um, that, that has built two other satellites as well. So I, I didn't get this. Um, in, in my earlier answers, but uh, XLT2 has, has two sister satellites, actually. So these are AuroraSat and UConnSat, and they were built uh, in partnership with uh, UConn University and Aurora College uh, in, in Inuvik. And so, you know, just, just highlighting that, uh, you know, there's, there's important, you know, cross-Canada collaboration going on in this mission, um, and, uh, you know, that... Uh, that that has been a fantastic opportunity as well to be able to work with the folks up there. Yeah, it's incredible. Thomas, uh, thank you so much, student at the University of Alberta. How about those socials one more time if we want to follow along? Sure. Uh, albertasat.ca is our website. Uh, and then all of our social medias are, are similar. So they're all, they're all Alberta uh, underscore sat or, or something similar. Awesome. Thomas, thank you so much once again for joining the program. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. My pleasure. That's the end of another edition of Fort McMurray Matters. Want a copy of this episode or any past episode? Download the podcast at Mix1037FM.com. Brought to you by Cooper & Company Law Firm and Fort McMurray Orthodontics on Mix103.7.